it is a wonderful job. But sometimes when you're doing that, you don't have time or you can't make time to do other things that you really love too. So I decided to take a break from ships just to go work on some original songs and stuff. This is the Seasonals Podcast, a show where we talk to people living the seasonal lifestyle. We take an in-depth look at the decision points they've encountered along the way. I'm here with Shelly Page today. Shelly, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing really well. And you are in Coeur Idaho, the second most beautiful town in America. <laughs> yeah. Is that, should I, should I just say it's the first? Because it was for a long time. No, today. you can should say just... it's the second. That's funny. That's fine. So you're from the most beautiful town in America. and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So you worked on cruise ships and you've had a lot of different jobs on cruise ships, one of them being a performer, entertainer, among others. Yes. This, I th- we're, you know, we're going to jump around throughout mm-hmm. those jobs, stories, you're traveling, all that. And so I think let's start off with just you picking a point somewhere in your career and then telling me about sort of what you were doing then. And we'll just jump off from there and we'll see where it goes. Okay. I'm just going to pick a random point just because it's in the middle of everything. Um, Basically, I was working as a youth staff and like a youth program coordinator, which is just the boss, I guess, because I injured my throat and I needed to take time off of singing and I missed working on cruise ships. So I came back and thought I would just do a one week long contract. And then it was so fun and actually less stressful than singing, even though it was way more hours. I was just like, so I I just wasn't stressed at all because I didn't have to protect my voice all day. Yeah. So instead of staying just for a short, like week long fill in contract, I ended up staying for like four years. (laughs) So yeah, I did I did quite a few contracts, but at one point I did like I did so many in a year that I can't even remember because I asked for short contracts. So I did like out of Florida, did Eastern Western Caribbean, and I also did Antarctica that year, which was also like Argentina and Uruguay and Chile and like just then we went over to Europe and got to see the whole med. And I think it was, yeah, it was actually that year as well that I got to see the Baltic. So I couldn't even tell you like, like what time of year it was or what the season was. Cause I was just like, I didn't have any sort of gauge in my own life. Like I had no idea if it was even winter or summer ever. Like I was just on an airplane, like at least, at least every month because I just had the contracts were so short. Yeah. It sounds like the typical cruise ship sort of, I don't know. The only way I know what day it is is because of the mats in the elevator. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Cause you're, you're traveling Western or Southern and Northern hemisphere and all that. Yes. So let's tell me about the, the job itself. Like what, 
what you were doing sort of, cause I, I know you're dealing with kids, which mm-hmm. is what surprises me that it was less stressful than singing, but so oh, yeah. Yeah, t- <laughs> talk about the job. And then after that, we'll get into, you know, the, uh, the traveling and all of that part. Okay. I think that the reason it was not very stressful for me was because I'd already worked with kids in South America and it was really, really hard. <laughs> and, um, when I came on the ship, I was going to do my first contract just for one week um, during the busiest time of year. They just needed anyone. And I was like, well, I haven't worked with the kids on this ship before, but I have worked on ships. I have my medical. I I can do one week. And I thought that I'd be all like incognito. Like normally I'm the singer. I don't want people to see that I'm babysitting now. I don't know why. I was just like being arrogant about it. And Everyone was telling me, I can't believe you're crazy. It's the hardest, it's the hardest time of year. Like, I can't believe you're going on right at Christmas when all these kids are there. And so I was bracing myself for something to be like 10 times harder than like doing the English immersion camps and nannying in Argentina. So so when I got there, it was like me and like 10 other youth staff. And it was so easy. Like, listen, I'm not trying to say it's an easy job because it's not, but my expectations were on a totally different level. So already on its own, it was easy for me in terms of watching kids because they just listened. (laughs) (laughs) The kids I was watching in South America, like they just never listened. It was a battle every day. They were really cool kids, but it was just like a completely different level of I never had anything where I'd say, okay, everyone sit down and listen up. And then they just did it. And so once I realized that that was like the, the kind of like expected behavior of kids on the cruise ships and that everyone actually just followed the rules, I was like, you guys, I cannot believe how easy this is. And then I'm just getting paid because it's fun. Like <laughs> I got to just like do art all day. You know, it's like, man, this is the best. I can just act like a kid. And they're paying me for it. <laughs> yeah, these kids, these kids listen. So it's, you know, it's just basically hanging out with uh, shorter, funner people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Obviously, there are challenging days. But overall, like, I just, on a daily basis, I couldn't believe how lucky I was just to, like, the challenges just, like, rolled off of me. Like, other people, I think, maybe had low expectations for how stressful it was and so they had a harder time but I think that sometimes if you've been through something harder it makes like it's easier to be grateful life you know (laughs) it's like and like in terms of that job versus the singing job I can't express the level of stress that I normally have when I'm singing on cruise ships and it's because my vocal cords are just delicate. Like I, I almost swore and then I didn't. And then I remembered you said I can, so <laughs> I won't hold back next time. Yeah, swear it up. You're a sailor. <laughs> swear it up. I'm trying to, I, <laughs> fucking delicate vocal cords. Yeah. So some singers can just like smoke and drink all day and just like scream, sing, and they're totally fine. I am not one of those people, despite my best efforts. I, I'm the like herbal tea drinking, water drinking person when I know I have to sing. It's just so much singing. It's like four hours a day, 
Holland America was seven days a week. And that's when I got an actual blister on my vocal cord and had to have surgery and almost couldn't sing again. So it's too much, but some people can handle it. I'm not trying to say it's even their fault. It's like, it's kind of a different type of, it's just really intense. So I didn't think I would ever go back to it because of how stressful it was. And obviously I did end up going back to it, but but I didn't know how stressed I was until I wasn't stressed. So when I was watching the kids, I was like, wait a minute, hang on. When work's done, it's done. I can go party. What? Like when I, when I'm seeing on the ship, I don't even want to like party. Like people are going to the beach and drinking and I'm like, Oh, can't dehydrate myself. I'm going to watch these vocal cords. You know, got to protect the talent. Yeah. It was just like a lot more, like, I don't want to say it was more physical, but it was more physical. Like my throat, um, I mean, it's a muscle and like with, with the kids, it was just like purely the only time I was ever stressed was if I put it on myself, whereas with singing, it was like kind of impossible not to stress out if my voice got tired and I know I had to sing four hours the next day and the next day and the next day, it was just like, it was like terrifying. Cause I knew I could end my entire career and cruise ships to me are a really fun job, but it's not worth ending your career. But then where do you draw the line? So then it, it was just like kind of low level panicky every day. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And there, there is a, a parallel of it there. I think, as you said, people go into the youth job is, oh, well, it's just kids. And then it's right. absolute chaos. But you went yes. in expecting a war zone. And right. basically it was, you know, because of that, it made it more enjoyable and easier. And on on the other side with the being a performer, you had sort of a different struggle than maybe other people did because of, Mm -hmm. you know, certain things. So, yeah, most people have the impression that, that the singing job's easy because it's just four hours a day and that the kid job is difficult because sometimes it can be like 10 hours. Like it's not usually 10 hours, but I was also the youth program coordinator. So before I was able to really do a good job with time management, sometimes I would spend 10 or 12 hours because I would do the whole day watching the kids. And then I would make all the schedules in the office after I got better at that. So I didn't have to do anything near that, but, um, it's so many hours, but it was like stress-free hours. And I, I know people don't take that into consideration. They'll be like, "Uh, you're, you're singing, you're only singing four hours a day. I'm like, yeah, but I'm all the rest of the day. I still feel like I'm working because I'm like protecting my voice, which you don't really think about if you're not a singer, like protecting your voice is a pain in the ass and like not very cool. (laughs) Some contracts I'm fine, but it depended on my supervisors, how much they were making me sing because I could sing up to four hours a day as per my contract. And that initially was so that like, if you had to fill in for someone that was the the max limit, but then some people don't understand that that's the max and they, they make it every day, but some people do. So if it just depends on the contract, you get on like YOLO, we'll see how cool my boss is. And the ones that understand, then my life is like, that's my happiest when I'm doing music and it's like at a manageable level. So I can still like have a social life. Yeah, I can understand that. Let, let me touch on the, the youth job real quick before we move to the music. So you're the program director. And now, as you said, most people are thinking, oh, yeah, you just, you know, when the kids climb out of the ball pit, you kick them back in all day. That's like the job. But as the <laughs> pro- program director, like what, what was a normal day for you? 
Well, it depends. So if it's a busy season, it's actually easier because when it was a busy season, now every cruise line is different. Sometimes I hear people talking about cruise ships and I'm like, yeah, it's so specific to that cruise line. And I've been on a few different cruise lines, but the whole time I was doing the youth program job was on Holland America and they have way less kids than other cruise lines. So what I'm explaining is not the same. Like, in fact, when I'm talking about how easy it is, people on like Royal Caribbean or something are probably like, fuck you. It is not easy, (laughs) but we didn't have very many children compared to other cruise lines. So busy season, we had a lot of help. We had a lot of, um, youth staff on board, but then it was actually easier for that reason, because even though there were a lot more kids during the port day, most of the kids wouldn't come on board. Whereas like in contrast, when it wasn't a very busy season, sometimes it was just like me and one other staff member on board. We were, we had to do everything. So we were busy all the time, but I would say on average, there would just be like in in between those two. Right. So I would have to get up early, go to the office. Oh my gosh. I haven't thought about this in a while. Um, Go to my little cubby, see what messages I had, which was usually like, you know, notes about things that I had to do in the program or change in the program. And it would talk about the daily stuff. I'd have to like get on the computer and create the programs and send them out to the, the families in the night. Um, so they'd have it the next day. It was just a lot of, basically I was a glorified administrator because I would, I'd have to do all the office work, like setting up all of the staff schedules and things like that. But then I also was expected to go to the kids club and run the activities, but it depends though. Like for me, I would always ask my staff, like what, what they like. Some of the like newer people would want really micromanaging stuff. And I would be there like telling them what to do all the time. And some of the people who had been there a long time or been there longer than me, they're like, I have my system check in, but don't like, don't hover. And I tried to respect as best I could, like what everyone's style was, you know, and also find like the things that they liked to do and like give them tasks. Like one girl really liked to make schedules. She thought it was like a very fun puzzle because everyone has their own ports that they want to get out into. And I have to consider who's been where and when, and like try to balance it and make everyone happy. And some, some people really enjoy that. It stresses me out. And then there's other people who just like say, fuck you. I'm just going to do it the easy way. And you guys can complain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely the puzzle person there i like yeah good i love i love those people because i'm like i will give you a task (laughs) please take this off my hands and so now i have to ask is there is there a kid that you remember that was for some reason uh extraordinary whether it be you know oh that kid's definitely a serial killer or oh that kid's gonna be the president or (laughs) that kid is pure nightmare fuel like give me one of those stories Okay. Um, I have so many, I'm trying to decide if I want to go with something like sweet or something. Well, okay. The, the, there is one girl that I think of probably more than any of the other kids. I wish I could remember. It's probably okay if I don't remember what the disease is called because maybe it would be too specific and people will know who I'm talking about. But, um, there was a, there was a little girl who came on the ship with her family and she had a little sister and her little sister was like always dressed like a little princess, looked really like 
beautiful. Um, they were like clearly a very wealthy family who was like very, I would say probably had been really into appearances and whatever that the parents looked like models, you know? And, but this girl was like 13 years old and she had some sort of disease or syndrome that, um, disformed her, disformed, misformed her. She, she had a unconventional, I'm trying to say it in a nice way. Her bones were all fused together in, in an odd way. So she didn't look like the other kids, but she was totally mentally fine. And we were with her for quite a while. I think it was like a two week cruise or something. And it was, it was probably just like, I don't know, 30 kids total that were there the whole time. And so we could really see how everybody interacted and they all got to be friends with each other. But like, she was such an incredible person And I just, I think about her all the time because her life must have been so challenging. She had so many surgeries just so she could even walk and everything. And she was so funny and carefree, absolutely zero stress over what people thought of her. Like, I think she learned from an early age, like you just can't control what people think of you and it's okay. But she wasn't mad or bitter about it. She was just like, well, I'll just be my fun, cool self. And then if they realize I'm cool, then they'll be my friend. And if they don't, that's fine. And she was only 13, 12 or 13. I I think about her a lot because she inspired me to remember to be grateful for like little things, but also just be your authentic self. Like she had so many friends and not in a weird way. They weren't just like trying to be, trying to show how cool they were or whatever. It was just like an actual... I think she inspired a lot of people and a lot of kids too. And they all had like this really cute bonding group and they all planned their next vacation together and stuff. And yeah, I, it's one of the things that when I started working with kids, I was just doing it like in a selfish way. Like I just wanted money and it was something I knew I could do, but like experiences like that made me really proud to, to be around the kids and like, remembered that I was actually learning a lot more from them than they were probably learning from me. Yeah. And also you're, you know, sort of facilitating an environment where they could meet and be comfortable in, you know, making these connections as well. Yeah. It made me feel really grateful to be in a position where I could do that. You know, I mean, of the two jobs that I normally do, like with the music, I can feel like that way too, sometimes depending on the situation, but I will say it's something I hadn't even thought about with kids for some reason. I know a lot of people think about that, but like I said, I went into it in a really selfish way and it felt really nice to, to be exposed to the environments where you can really make a difference or you can see, you could just see in real time, like people's lives changing, like the kids around her, just, just by having met her were better people. You know, I just really love that. Yeah. And that's a much better place to take that question. than I, I was sort of guiding you to, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I'm I was thinking, like, Oh, now I'm getting really serious instead of telling you about the little assholes. <laughs> no, it was good. Yeah. In my mind, you know, oh, well, we can't leave little Jonathan by himself or he'll start stripping the copper out of the pipes. So <laughs> I would say so. I always have more problems with the parents than the kids. The kids are usually just normal and the parents are just a mess. <laughs>
Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> they're on vacation. They're like, okay, Johnny, we'll be back. And then you're like, where's your mom? Really, really want to go eat my lunch right now? I don't know. It's like you have to like not not look angry because you don't want to upset the kids. And you're like, <laughs> okay, I'm just going to call your mom, try to find her. I hated that. That was the worst. I would say the, probably the worst part of that job for me was trying to track down drunk parents. I think if I imagine the job, I might get there, but it, it that sounds like one of the worst parts. It's like, especially when you find them, you know, looking for them you know, is bad yeah. enough, but when you find them, that's even worse. Yeah. You know, how many times I like scolded people that were like three times my age. I was like, Jeez. I can, I, I can like, I usually put on the, like the boss voice for the parents more than I do with the kids. I'm like, you did a bad thing. You need oh to go on time God. out. You know, and the parents look just as ashamed. That's one thing I'll say I learned from from working with kids and working with adults. Like both of the jobs I do are entertainment. And I really learned over and over and over again. It's the exact same job. (laughs) You're just like the kids and the adult, like drunk adults are exactly the same as children. They just like want to be entertained through music instead of coloring. But I guarantee you, if I went in there and was like, we're coloring today, they'd be like, cool. Like, it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, my job is literally exactly the same. It's just, it's just making people smile and like have a good time. Small, small kids or big kids. Yeah. And you found, you found out that you enjoyed it and that you're good at it. And that's, that's what you want. Yeah. So let's get into the the music side a little bit. You play guitar, you sing. I'm sure you've got plenty of other musical talents going on. And also, you know, from talking a little bit before we started, you've got projects you've done and worked on and all that. So give me, mm-hmm. give me that side of it as well. Okay, I'll try to give you a rundown. So I already mentioned that I hurt my voice. I did. I've just been doing music forever and a lot of places and I did ships and I just really loved it but I had to stop when I hurt my voice and then I started to get to the point when I was working with kids where I would run into people that I hadn't seen in years because I told you I took two years off of ships so when I came back on it was already like some of those people hadn't seen me in a long time depending on you know how long it had taken me to get to the same ship that they were on and they'd see me in the hallway and say, oh my God, I can't believe you're here. Oh, what time's your show? I'm totally coming. And I'd be like, oh, funny story. I'm actually watching the children these days. And then they would give me this like look of just like despair and disappointment. Like, why aren't you singing? And that didn't bother me for a while. But eventually I realized I kind of agreed with them. Like I loved working with the kids, but I knew that that wasn't my path. You know, I even one time, one contract, I did both because they fired the solo guitarist and they called me when I was napping and they're like, can you do two jobs this week? And I was like, all right. Sure can. (laughs) Yeah. You guys are lucky, but I can do that. But yeah, it made me, when I did things like that and when I would run into people who would be like, why the fuck aren't you singing? What's wrong with you? I was like, you know what? I did this kid thing for a long time. And I need to stop being afraid. The The reason I didn't go back to ships as a singer was because I promised myself I would never sing four hours a day, seven days a week again, because I just almost ruined my entire career. Like I almost could never sing again. 
So, I mean, and in a way it sort of feels like it ruined my career because I lost so many years. And like, especially as a woman, like sometimes people kind of don't see your worth if you're not like a young teeny bopper and whatever, like, that's not the only reason I don't really think that very often because I also had lots of health problems in my twenties and like, I'm just kind of a late bloomer, but eventually I was like, what am I going to just do this forever? Like, I know this isn't my path anymore. So I mentioned my, my agent started calling me, which I thought was funny because usually it's me trying to harass my agent. And they're like, when are you going back? When are you going back? And I said, listen, I promised myself I'm not going to go back and do seven days a week anymore. And he's like, oh, okay, well, I'll just get you on a cruise line that doesn't make you sing seven days a week. <laughs> and then he got me on a ship. I was like, okay. So was I kind that of easy? Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I can't believe I've just been really lucky in a lot of ways. Like even just like getting on, I didn't get the job as a singer on a cruise ship in a conventional way. Like it was just like someone emailed my agent before he was my agent. He called me, asked me to sing and play guitar over the phone. And then he's like, okay, you're hired. That never happens. Like I can't even express. I was so lucky to even get on a ship in the first place. So I've just been like those guys, the the agency has been like kind of my friends, but I also want to kill them all the time because, <laughs> because they're the ones that I blame when I don't have enough work. You know, even if they're trying really hard to get me work and there's just nothing available, I'm like, my agent, you know, <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> and when you have too job. much work, that's who you blame as well. Yes, exactly. But luckily for me, they found a cruise line, which was... Royal Caribbean that doesn't make us do seven days a week. And now I don't know if Holland America does that anymore. I know that they don't have solo guitarists anymore, or at least they got rid of it while I was taking a break from singing because probably it was causing them <laughs> drama. I know I wasn't the only one who had permanent vocal issues after that or semi-permanent we'll say. So anyway, I don't, I can't speak for what they're doing after the pandemic, I'd say now, but you know, Royal Caribbean was only making me do six days a week, which is perfect for me. Cause if I could sing all day, every day, I would, I love singing. Like it's my favorite thing to do. I just, I mean, it's like I said, it's muscles. I have a limit, so can't sprint all day. And that was great. So I, I got back into it and was worried I would have forgotten, but I didn't. It's like riding a bike. And I had a really fun time with Royal, but I only was in the Caribbean, stereotypically Royal Caribbean, right? Uh, which was totally fine. I love the Caribbean, but I still haven't done any singing contracts in Europe at all. So I don't know if they'll like me over there. <laughs> we'll see. One of these days, we'll see. Tell me a little bit about what the normal day for a a cruise performer is, I mean, I, I have sort of an idea. Um, right. And I could guess, but yeah, be better if you just fill me. <laughs> well, so I want to start off just by saying I'm really fortunate because on Royal Caribbean and some other cruise lines, totally different, every cruise line, but especially Royal Caribbean, they treat their, my piano player, their, their solo musicians really well. I was considered a guest entertainer. You have like different rules based on, you know, what your quote status is. 
And I think that like as a singer, it's just like a harder job to fill. I have to know several, <laughs> I was going to say several hundred, probably, I, I, I would probably go through on a contract, I would probably rotate through about 500 songs. So it's kind of a weird skill. There's a lot of really good singers out there, but you have to also know the songs that people like to listen to. You can't just sing all of your favorite songs because they'll be like, what is this? I'm bored. Um, so it kind of takes a while to like get that sorted out and figure it out. But um, I think because not a whole lot of people have that experience, they treat me pretty well when I'm there. So I had a really nice room with like a big porthole and I could eat at all the nice fancy places. But just, again, I'm, I'm so grateful every day. Like even from the first cruise ship I was on, I just, I love it so much. There, there's a lot of people who don't love it. And they're like, oh, turns out, turns out I'm not really into like having wobbly ground all day and not having any roots anywhere. But like, for me, that's like where I thrive. So I just, yeah, it depended on the day, but normally I'd have a pretty chill day of like practicing guitar and like going to, on my last ship, they had like a solarium, which had really healthy food. And I would go there and have like a tea and read, you know, it's just like, so, so relaxing compared to on land too, because unless you want to spend your money on Wi-Fi, you get to do just like normal chill things that people used to do before they were connected all the time. And I really, I really liked just like slowing down and like reading the paper and depending on my vocal health, sometimes I would have like a drink while I worked on my computer, like in this like beautiful Caribbean, like they had a huge garden that I would sit in. I'd work on my writing projects. I just have lots of random projects in my life because I have so much free time that I don't want to just waste it. So I have, I have like a lot of writing projects and um, drawing projects and things like that, that I had a lot of work on during COVID, but that those are the kinds of things I would do during the day. And actually it helped me a lot during this COVID isolation because it's sort of what my life was anyway, spending all day by myself doing my thing. And then it wasn't until like the evening, sometimes quite late. Sometimes I didn't even start work until nine or 10 PM. Yeah. And then I would go into the bar and set up a tip jar and just sing requests all night and get to know people. And it was great. And I love people. <laughs> I miss it a lot. Like my whole, I, I liked having a job where I could look forward to going to work and then be in a better mood after I left work. The only time that that wasn't happening when I was singing was if my voice was tired because my least favorite thing is if people would request a song and I know it, but I can't sing it because my voice is tired. And that happened relatively frequently. Like I had to keep, I had to keep those to a minimum, but people would request hard songs all the time. <laughs> They'd be like, can you sing Janis Joplin? You look like you could sing Janis Joplin. And I'd be like, yes, I can. Do I want to sing Janis Joplin when I know I have to sing for three more hours today? No, <laughs> you know. So like You're that's going. kind of a weird balance. <laughs> so and then of course when they came up and uh, requested "Sweet Caroline," um, <laughs> how'd that go yeah. for you? <laughs> yeah, I always tell people I don't know that song, which is true. I don't lie. 
because I can't lie. Everybody will know I'm a liar. So I just never learned it. That's like the, that's the only song I've ever refused to learn. And I know everyone hates me now because I know everyone loves that song because I would get it requested like 10 times a day, but I just don't like that song. And I, I think that like, actually it's funny. I hit a point in my life where I realized that I'd stopped hating songs that everyone like over asked for because I, I realized what I really enjoy about performing is making people happy. So I'll sing old country road every day, sometimes twice a day, if that's what you want. Whereas before I was like, or sorry, not old country road, country roads. You know what I mean? Old town like road by Lil Nas X. People did ask for old town road. But I was like, I don't know. Like, can you picture me singing that? I, I sort of learned it, but like, I'm like, I I don't know if country rap is something I'm I'm gonna like shine at. You know? <laughs> well, that's the one I'll request at the end of the episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was some like at, at one point I stopped being so like snobby about my music. I suppose like because it's you come into it like feeling like like you have some great music taste or something, and all these people who are asking for these basic songs every day like you have to put on a smile and sing it. But after doing the job for a while, like I said, I realized for me, music is about like kind of being the conductor that orchestrates like human connectedness. If that makes sense. I don't know if that's a word, No, it but does. I just, so that, that's a great way of describing it. I, I think that like, that's the whole point and there's no other point. Like there's zero other point. It's not about me and my, voice it's about our people that don't know each other all in a room together on exactly the same vibe and feeling the same emotions and kind of like building off of each other I don't know I, I really like that obviously some days people are just drunk and they don't hear me you know <laughs> like shouting and throwing things but like but my favorite is like yeah just getting people all on the same level and I finally realized after a really long time of performing music that like songs like Sweet Caroline are actually, that's what it is. That's what it's there for. It's not about the song. And I still never learned it because I, I, I'm holding true to my, my original decision not to play it. But I, I did learn, I did learn a lot more what I would have considered to be overdone songs once I really realized my true joy comes from making people happy and that stuff makes people happy. And there are some people who are snobby like me in the crowd who are like, Oh my God, cruise ship music. I can't believe this. Why don't you play something cool? And then they come up with some like song from an indie film that their friend made. And I'm like, listen, I get it that you're cool, but like, this isn't really the spot. You know, <laughs> Like we can talk about it. And like, if you have a request, like, my favorite thing aside from playing something that everyone knows and wants to get together with is playing some obscure, weird request that, that I shouldn't know, but for whatever reason I do, because that's Jumeir just an and thing. virtual insanity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, exactly, it's like, imagine if I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. I got you bringing joy to one person over something like really crazy like that also makes me happy because you're trying to make people have fun on vacation. Like some people saved up their whole lives. They work their ass off every day, like five days a week, nine to five, like busting their ass, saving their money so that they, they can take their family on this vacation, like a once in a lifetime vacation. I don't know. It's just like, 
I want to make them as happy as possible unless they want sweet Caroline, in which case that's, I, I send them to the piano bar. <laughs> you gotta I'm, like, have I'm, that not denying, I'm not denying them this song. My friend in the piano bar just doesn't know why people keep coming over and asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, I think, oh, you know, I know someone who knows that song. I, you know, why don't you go to the piano bar? <laughs> <laughs> I think you make a great point there. I mean, there, the there's certain songs that people equate to being together and having a good time, and yeah, those are mm-hmm. you know cliche or overplayed or whatever. But that's it. That's why that's why they're there because they're mm-hmm. you know that saccharin for that spot in your brain that you're like, I'm having a good time with people and yeah, maybe they're only half listening, but that's because that song is playing and it puts their brain into a sort of like comfortable mode. And yeah, I think for any entertainer, I'm sure that's a lesson that comes after, after time, but also adding in having the sex self-actualization to be able to think that way. Like, Oh, I'm not the center of the, of the party because yeah, if, if they wanted to just listen to your Spotify playlist, like that's, it probably wouldn't right. be a good paying job, but as an right. entertainer and someone who's there to like make the entire crowd have a great time, except for the one guy whose friend made an indie film, like that is, <laughs> that's the job that draws people yeah. and like pays. So yeah, it's, it's a really cool description of that from the inside. So cool. Thanks. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I miss it a lot. Yeah. So the, you know, cruise ship industries during COVID obviously is almost non-existent. Um, tell yeah. me, tell me a little bit about your experience there being someone who was working on a cruise ship. Bad timing for, well, there was never going to be anything that was good timing, actually. Maybe it was good timing compared to what it could have been. For me, at the end of 2019, my last contract, I'd been having problems with my voice because they bumped up the amount of hours again. And I was just like, listen, maybe this job's not for me. Like, I love it. But if you guys want quantity over quality, like, I can't even physically do that. Like, I know there are people who can. So I'm not even going to try to fight it. I'm not going to try to blame anyone. I just think maybe it's time for me to go do something else. And I have all these original songs. I think I'm just like, they invited me back and I was like, I really appreciate it, but I think I'm just going to quit and go try to work on my original music for once. Cause I'm not getting any younger and I don't know why I'm sitting around not having really taken the time to work on the stuff that really drives me like music drives me, but I, I write songs all day, every day. Like my whole phone is full of voice memos and some of them are terrible, you know, but after years and years of doing that, some of them are pretty good. And I just know I wanted something more solid in the world. I had one album made um, quite like a long time ago, but that was just before I injured my voice for like six years. So like, what am I going to do to promote myself when I know I can't sing again? Like, you know, it's like, so the timing of that was a little rough. And I was like, all of those songs are kind of outdated for me now. And I just need to get back on it. Like, when am I going to do it? It's too easy to just go ship to ship. And many ship people will tell you that it's like one more contract, you know, <laughs> it's like a drug. Cause it, it is a wonderful job. But sometimes when you're doing that, you don't have time or you can't make time 
to do other things that you really love too. So I decided to take a break from ships and just to go work on some original songs and stuff. And I had, let's see, I went to Italy. Um, what I can't even remember why I was in Europe. Oh, I stayed in Europe. Anyway, I, like this is my life all the time. I'm like, I don't even know how I got there. But yeah, I was I was in Europe uh, and decided to do this songwriting camp in Spain. And I met a lot of cool people. And then I was going to go like hibernate somewhere in the mountains of Italy and work on one of my projects. And I ran into this producer and long story short, we made like an entire album. I already had all the songs written. I just needed them produced. And then I got like one of the guys from the songwriting camp was going to do a a festival in the Netherlands and we had a song together. So I was going to go sing there. I scheduled another songwriting camp in Spain. And it was like, you know, just like most people had plans for 2020 and I had all these plane tickets. I was already back in the States the producer being in Italy where it had just gotten hit with COVID decided that he wasn't going to give me any of my music unless I paid him like this high ransom number. (laughs) So I was like, I think I was not even really phased because I kind of saw it coming. And also I had bigger problems. Do you know what I mean? I was like, cool. There's also a huge pandemic and my songwriting camp and my festival have been canceled and my plane tickets have been canceled and I'm not getting my money back. So (laughs) it was just kind of like, Oh, that too, or whatever I'll do with that later. And of course I wasn't going to give them the money because that's not how I do business. So I still have all those songs. Naturally they were mine to begin with that I've had for years. So it did the positive thing that came from that experience was it did get me more organized. I think it was like, Oh, You have an entire album or collection of songs with the same vibe that you can just boom, 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 produce. Like it's fine. So yeah, I just, I just released my first single in December because I was determined to do it in 2020. My friends were like, you idiot. You don't, you don't release a song in December unless it's Christmas music. And I'm over here like, is December a thing? I didn't even think about Christmas. You know, I'm just like, so so goal oriented. Sometimes I don't even look around me. I get like really one track mind. So this year I've just been in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho at my parents' house because I just don't live anywhere. Normally I just do cruise ships and then I stay in Airbnbs, whatever country I feel like in between contracts. So this time it was like, I said it was bad timing, but actually I guess it was good timing. I got to be with my family during all the kind of scary parts of COVID before everyone got comfortable and just really like put roots down for the first time, which I'm still not super comfortable with, but it, I finished writing and producing an entire yoga, like kind of ethereal music album, which is out. It's called, it's, I put it under the artist name Revivify because that's kind of my healing project like healing music project and has nothing to do with my other music. So I kept them separate. Once that was finished, I was like, dang, <laughs> I'm still in Idaho and I have my recording stuff just like chilling here. I, I can just bust out so many projects before I have to like leave again. So I did. And I made a kid's music song and I have more coming like kid's music. Cause why not? I like working with kids. Right. So, and then I made that into a book 
which I illustrated and that's published now. And the next one is on the way. So yeah, I'm, I'm just like trying to be as productive as humanly possible because I know I'm not normally like, I'm trying to see this as a blessing for me. Like I'm not normally in one place and it's because I don't enjoy being in one place. So it's sort of like I'm forced to focus. Yeah. Focus has been my struggle because I I'm all over the place. So it's going to, I know looking back, it's going to have been a blessing in disguise for me because now I'm more organized and I've got like a whole lineup of songs for 2021 of just my original music. And I feel better about the future instead of like, kind of, I got really used to living like (laughs) in the moment, which is really great, except for, I wasn't even looking, people would ask me what I'm doing next week. And I'm like, I don't even know what country I'll be in next week. And I still don't know what I'm doing like in a month from now, but I, it's still like, for me, that's a, that's a far way off compared. Like, I think I know what I'm doing for the next month, which is like rare for me to say that, you know? Yeah. This is, as I'm listening, it's, um, it's a really cool angle to a nexus that I think a lot of people are feeling right now, seasonal seasonals, but also, I mean, everybody. So basically you, while you were working on ships, you had the, the golden handcuffs phenomenon where it's like, okay, I'm (laughs) I'm making money. Like, and this is super easy in a lot of ways. And I'm having Mm -hmm. my agent tell me, Oh, this is the next contract. And so I don't have to sort of use my free will to find my own way. in in this aspect Mm -hmm. of life, and then when COVID, you know, brought everything to a halt, you became like sort of sedentary and sort of, I mean, bored is where I'm going with that. At Linton, a lot of people I know do their, finally get these projects done and finally do the work that they've always wanted to do and finally get to these, these things that they know they're supposed to do only when they create an environment where they are bored to tears and it is the only yes. thing left for them to do. <laughs> and so the, what happened to you was you, you had the golden handcuff situation. And then I, it's funny, I was, you know, listening to you say, Oh, I don't, you know, COVID was terrible and COVID and it, which it, it is, but at the same time, you're, what you're describing is it sounds like, like that is exactly what you needed is something to stop you and yeah. say, Hey, get bored totally. for a year and yes. do all these things that you wanted to do. And you have, I mean, like you're, you're bringing up things that we even, we even need time to get to the children's book. And the, I know I tried, the I tried to say it all like, fast. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm listening. I'm like, wait, what, wait, what, wait. And I'm like trying <laughs> to keep this comment in mind at the same time. I'm like, Oh my God, there's so much to go over here. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. It's like, I kind of had a very lucky like combination of things because even though I was go, go, go on the cruise ship all the time, the biggest benefit for my job as a singer was all that free time. And some people spend it partying and that's fine. But like, I already did that with the youth staff thing. Right. So like I was so busy, I just didn't really have that much time to work on music when I was a youth program person. I still did, but it was not very productive. And when I was working on the ships, 
as a singer, I couldn't sing and work on my like singing in my free time. Cause I had to really protect my voice for the night, but that kind of meant that I could have all of this like gift of free time to work on like writing a book, which I shouldn't even talk about that. Cause it's not, I had to put it to the side for now, but yes, like I have like writing projects and drawing, like I said, I illustrated the kids book and stuff like that. Like, but most people don't have time to even start those things. Like, so I had all the time in the world for several years to start and work on and chip away at these things. And then 2020 has been a year that I have time to finish them. So I think that like, if you're listening and you're going, Oh God, I didn't do anything in 2020. I was just surviving. Like, that's fine. I didn't start these projects in 2020. This is just the time that I finally was like, it's time to wrap these up because like, what's the point in starting something if you don't finish it? Like you're just for what busy work. So yeah, a lot of people are like, Oh my God, how did you get so many things done? And I'm like, well, I, I mean, I did most of the work before COVID really. Like when you see me on my computer and you're just like going around the ship and you're like, that girl is always just like having free time. It's like, yeah, I am. <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to use it to the best of my ability and just be really grateful. However, you got to survive through all this you got to do. And that's, that's mm-hmm. a good way to do it. So you, you've worked on cruise ships. You've traveled all around the world. Uh, you're a performer, entertainer, artist book publisher, all these different <laughs> things. And you live in the most beautiful town in America, asterisk. What, uh, <laughs> t- tell me about like, pick a day because you've had so yeah. many great experiences. Pick a day that sort of exemplifies your, your lifestyle and your choices that, that you've made that really everything shined and was just an awesome day. I suppose I can think of like when my friend came to visit, we were in the med and it was one of those things for me where I was on a ship. I had a great contract and I think that like this sort of exemplifies my, my happiest type of lifestyle. My friend was on a, another contract. Her name's Miranda and um, you've actually met her. She, yeah, she, called me up and said, let's travel together in between contracts. And I was like, oh, well, I get off the ship like a month before you even get over here. And she was like, okay. (laughs) So I was like, oh, okay. I guess I just won't go home and I'll just travel on my own for a month. And then, yeah. So I, I got off my ship and I traveled all around Italy. Like, I think that something I can, something I can say for sure for people who are considering traveling is always make sure at some point when you travel, you travel alone because traveling with friends is like really, really good for your heart. And it feels really nice, but like traveling alone is when I learn the most, you know, and I I have like really, really great experiences that wouldn't come about if I was with someone because people are more intimidated to like come be friends with you and stuff. So Anyway, I went around Italy and just like drank Horo Spritz and like sat by the canal and just like really enjoyed myself and relaxed as much as I could and traveled everywhere. And then Miranda came and we flew to uh, Copenhagen. And it's just one of those things where like 
I just felt free because the cruise ships gave me enough money to travel and they brought me to Europe in the first place. And she and I just stayed in Airbnbs. We met up with our other ship friends when they were in port. And it just felt like I have friends all over the world. And one thing she said before she joined up with me was, <laughs> she said, I love, I can't wait to travel with you because you always have these weird small world stories and I can't wait to see who we run into. And I was like, Miranda, I don't, I've never been traveling to Copenhagen without the ship. So it's not going to be a thing. And like we arrived <laughs> at the airport, like the first day and the Uber driver picked us up and I'd already been traveling for a month. So I was avoiding telling people I work on ships because I don't want the same conversation over and over because it's the same. Oh, how did you get that job? My niece wants that job. How can, you know, it's fine. But like day after day, I was over it. So I was keeping quiet. And the guy said, Hey, the Uber driver, he said, Hey, what are you guys doing in town? What brings you here? And Miranda said, well, my friend and I work on cruise ships and we just thought we would travel together. And I'm going, Oh, here we go. He's going to ask the same questions. But then he said, Oh, I used to work on cruise ships. And I was like, really? <laughs> Wait. And he used to work on crystal cruise lines. And I said, I only know two people who ever worked on crystal cruise lines. And it turns out he knew both of them. And one of them was like his best friend. So while he's driving us to our apartment, he actually called the guy like over his car speakers. <laughs> and like the guy answered, he's like, you'll never know who's in my Uber right now. And it was so funny. Like it was like, immediately we had a small world story. And then like this guy's wife was <laughs> from Uruguay and like lived in the town that I was staying in the tiny Uruguayan town. And it's just like, I, I just love moments like that that make me feel like connected to all of humanity and that the world is so much smaller than people think it is. And like, like not to get too like kumbaya, but like, I just love people. And if you have those connections all the time, which I really do, it kind of just reminds you that like, there's nothing that really should ever make you dislike the people in the world and like not, not see them as your brothers and sisters, you know, like little things like that. Like I would say that that kind of a thing is like a perfect reason why I love traveling and doing what I do. Yeah. Those small world stories are do exactly that. They make it seem like a smaller world that you yeah. can understand the other humans that are there and it sort of knits it all together a little tighter. Yeah. I just really like those things. <laughs> So uh, my next question, my niece wants to get a job on cruise ships. Um, <laughs> I know <what> I was <laughs> to, I, I guess to, to make it broader, because is basically, I mean, you've had all these experiences. Yours, I think more than, I don't know, in my mind, the performer side of seasonal work is there's a lot more uh, talent and less choice there because that is sort of, Oh, you're yeah. really good at this. You should do that. Whereas, um, sort of the, the kayak guides and, you know, ski patrollers and all these other things that is, it's not necessarily, you find out later if you're really talented at it, but it's not something oh, that yeah. 
growing up, people were like, oh, hey, you're really good. At, you should be, you know, it's, it, there's right. just a difference there, I think. With your experiences, you know, if somebody, if somebody wanted to get into seasonal work or if they were looking at it um, or something like that, like what, what advice would you give to somebody that was maybe new or young and possibly looking at the lifestyle? I would say like, if you have an idea of where you want to go, 100% there's a job there that's for seasonal workers that you can do. You just have to put a tiny bit of effort into finding out. So like, if you don't know where to start, for example, there are websites, which I'm sure have probably been mentioned on your podcast before, like uh, workaway.info, for example. I think it's like $50 for the whole year to sign up. and it's, it's like people who just need help, but they don't want to pay for helpers or they can't, you know, like sometimes it's people who have a big ranch and they would like somebody to help them feed the horses every day. And you, you get to live with them or like, you know, at their place, whatever, um, usually free and they feed you or whatever, and you work for them. So, and that can go like, there's so many different jobs with that all over the world. Some of them are basic things. Like you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is show up. If you're a yoga instructor, you know, you come like some places in Bali or whatever, they'll say, okay, cool. Come be our yoga instructor. You only have to do like one class a day. And then you get to live in this gorgeous bungalow just for free and eat like three meals a day. You know, there's so many possibilities out there. Um, Workaway.info is great. I would say, I mean, there's also VR, VRBO. Is that it? No, Woofing. Anyway, I'm getting it all mixed up. Um, so those things are there. But as far as cruise ships go, if you are a non-entertainment person, like if you're if you're not a singer something specialized because working with the kids was entertainment, but it was still considered a, a normal cruise ship job. You go straight to the cruise ship website and look for employment there. There are some agencies that pretend they're going to help you and they ask for money. That's in my experience, those are scams. You just want to go straight. It's so easy. Obviously right now we're in a weird position and we don't know what's going to happen, but if you did want to inquire about it, just go straight to the website. If you're a musician, completely depends. But this is something that I had no idea about. And maybe it would help people who are just getting into it. Um, you just get a cruise ship agent. Not a cruise ship agent, like a travel agent, like a musician agent, right? So it's a super simple Google search. There's a ton of agencies. They all explain what they're about. And my advice would be to make sure whatever agency you go through, they're taking commission. They're not asking for money like upfront to look for a gig for you. That's not how it works. They'll usually take between like 10 and 20% and they argue your contracts and all these things for you. And, um, you know, of course there's a process there. They'll tell you what they need from you, which is usually some sort of video and, you know, proving that, you know, a lot of songs and, you know, a song list and it depends. They'll all ask you for what it is, but that's where you go. Cause the problem with being a musician is, and I even struggle with this. Like sometimes I want to work at luxury resorts and I cannot find the contact person cause I don't really know where to start. So I do know with cruise ships, that's what you have to Google, <laughs> you know, 
um, cruise ship like music agent and and it's all right there and they'll they'll give you all of the information yeah that's where that's where I would start for something like that I have no idea what's going on during COVID but just keep it in mind and I would say use this time if you can if that is something you aspire to to really work on honing your skill like you can't really practice the audience thing without an audience. But honestly, before my first solo gig, I barely played any real shows because it was like during, it was sort of similar to, to 2020. Actually, I was like kind of isolated in my apartment in Vegas because it was the crash of 2008 and Vegas was the second heaviest hit city in the States. So I had applied to billion jobs and I had a lot of jobs but they would all like schedule me and then call and cancel that day. Like, don't come in. We don't have any customers. So, so I spent that time like sitting in the apartment all day, every day, practicing my songs and things like that. So yeah, that, I don't know if that helps anyone, but if you're, if you're thinking about that and you're going, woe is me, I can't even get any gigs right now to like practice, just practice your ass off learning as many songs as you can at your house and kind of what I discovered with the cruise ship job, at least since there's so many hours, because some, some cruise ships you're on like, like two weeks at a time or longer with the same guests. And if you're singing four hours a day, eventually you're going to be like repeating the songs a lot, unless you learn a lot of songs. So it's, I don't want to say quantity over quality, but it's sort of more people get happier if you know how to play their song at all than if you don't know how to play it because you're waiting to play it perfectly kind of thing. At least that's in my experience. That's my advice. Just practice, practice, practice. Yeah. Perfection is the enemy of greatness. Exactly. You just have to do it. And yeah, if you have time to, to just like, if you have a goal to work for, then you know it's going to work out. But like sometimes with these kinds of jobs, it's hard to even know where to begin. And that's just where I would say to, to start and then that way you're prepared for when things open back up and you can you can even go looking for agents right now because I mean <laughs> they might be too stressed out though I don't know they're like Shelly shut up don't say that right now people are just kind of trying to stay busy planning because it's the only thing they can do you know <laughs> so it might be a good time to catch the eye of somebody because they don't know which of their musicians are going to be willing to come back or able to come back or whatever so yeah, just always prepare and start there. Start with a Google for cruise ship agents. Tell me a lesson you learned uh, growing up in Coeur d'Alene that has sort of helped you later in life. One quick thing that I learned from Coeur d'Alene that's super random is we've got the beautiful lake here, Lake Coeur d'Alene, and we always would jump off of the really high rocks. Like I say really high, they're not that high. It's like 20, 25 feet out of the water. And like, for us, that was normal because we grew up here, but I would go into these ports around the world and then they'd have that in some places like Dubrovnik, they've got these like cliffs that people jump off of. And I remember thinking I can travel around the whole world and like, forget how beautiful my town is. Like, like we have cliffs to jump off of. Now, granted, Dubrovnik is gorgeous. So I'm not trying to compare, like they're, they're totally different situations, but like, a lot of the places that we would go to, that would be the big thing. And everybody try to get all brave and jump off the rocks. And I was like, oddly, I already like 
this is no big deal for me because I grew up in Idaho, which you wouldn't even expect to have anything to do with anything. But um, I did like find that the more I traveled, the more I enjoyed and appreciated how beautiful Idaho, like the, the lake was up here and everything. And like that sometimes just because you love you love the world around you and you want to explore it. It doesn't mean that you have to dislike where you're from. You know what I mean? And like that one took me a while to realize because people treated me for a long time. Like I must hate Coeur d'Alene because otherwise I would stay. Like I had people say that to me before. Why would you want to go anywhere else when it's so beautiful here? The answer is it's beautiful everywhere and it's okay to leave a place that's beautiful to explore other beautiful places, you know, like I, I really still think it's one of the most gorgeous places I've been. And I've been a lot of places, but I will say traveling made me know that instead of think that. Yeah. So it's a lesson you learned early in life, but then had it sort of supported later, later on, given more of a foundation. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, I'm going to use you as sort of a guinea pig here, this is a question I've never asked before, but I've been wanting to okay. work it in. Test, um, test me. You, you can definitely say pass. It's one of those questions that uh, I, would, oh. I would understand if people would say pass. Um, well, it depends. It depends who's listening to this. Maybe we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the question is. Give me a, a fun story that you've had while traveling where there was sort of like an ephemeral love story. So whether that's, you know, oh. just meeting someone out and, you know, yeah, talking all night or, you know, whether it was so, while you're at, you know, mm-hmm. tea during the middle of the day and you, you saw somebody like, give me one of those stories that is sort of, it's sort of got a little, little space in your brain that you come to every once in a while. I like your sweet little examples, even though I know that you're hesitant to ask this question because you know, it's not always sweet. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I mean, some together. of them are nightmares. <laughs> you, just, you just sat around and had tea and that was. <laughs> you met on a, uh, a bar crawl and, you know, three <laughs> messy days later, you left in a hug. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Well, there, there's definitely one that came to mind immediately and I think that it's because it's been coming up a lot lately because I kind of wrote a song about it and that's that's the single I was talking about my song Amsterdam I didn't write the song about him as much as I wrote about like the city and more the experience of like to me like it's the whole experience it's sort of like it's sort of like cooking a meal like you don't just say, I really liked the potato, you know, it's like, well, it's part of a whole dish. Maybe you like the potato a lot, but like, you probably liked like the rest of the soup. <laughs> soup is like the worst analogy I could come up with. <laughs> for, no, for I, I hear but, you yeah. though. The setting and time has such a huge yeah, influence the on The setting it. and I'm... time. And like, I had recently broken up with someone and kind of having a breakup when you're on a ship is awful. He wasn't on the ship with me, which I'm actually pretty grateful for that because that could be really awful because ships are very small. (laughs) But it was still kind of a rough contract because, you know, recovery, I suppose. And the, the 
atmosphere on ships sometimes is a little bit shark tanky. <laughs> so I was kind of heartbroken and nobody really cared, which is fine, but it was not like a great environment to like really like find peace again. And I was on a ship that landed in Amsterdam and I was supposed to fly home the day we got to Amsterdam because they were going into dry dock, which means they had to go do some remodeling and repairs and stuff. So nobody was going to really be on the ship working anyway. So they just said, well, we'll just send you home. And I decided at the last minute to stay. And it was April 20th. So like anyone who tries to last minute stay in Amsterdam anyway, if you've tried that, you know, it's not cheap because, because <laughs> there's a lot of people staying there, but also, um, Airbnb has this, like they, they have a rule with Airbnb. You can only Airbnb your place for a certain amount of time to kind of prevent people from just moving all of the Dutch people out of Amsterdam and tourists in, you know, it's a nice rule, but it means that they they can really raise the prices because they're only renting it for a short time. So anyway, long story short, I didn't know where I was going to stay. I just got drunk the night before and was like, I'm not getting on my flight. <laughs> so my friend contacted someone she knew again when we were drinking. Otherwise I would have said, it's fine. Like I can figure it out on my own. But she was like, oh, I'll write to my friend and tell him that you'll be in town and that you might need somewhere to stay. And I did end up meeting him and um, I wasn't even thinking of him in that way because I didn't, my brain just wasn't in that space at all. But he was just like the first really genuinely kind and thoughtful person I'd been around in a while. And I think he was going through something too. So we just had a really fun time, like going around the canal together on a boat and like, you know, he showed me like some of the fun bars and stuff that his, he and his friends would go to. And I got to meet his family. And it was just one of those things. Like I still think about him a lot. And like I said, probably because I wrote him in a song, sometimes when you write people in a song, it's almost like an agreement that you'll never forget that person for better, or for worse. They're just always going to be there. And so he's the elusive character that I mention in, in the song. And actually I hadn't seen him for two years and I was going to see him the beginning of 2020. Um, I was a week away from that, that Netherlands flight being canceled early. I was a week away from getting there when that flight was canceled. So that was like part of the bummer. I wasn't going there to see him, but that was like, really high on my list. I was going there for that festival and whatnot. I was like, Hey, <laughs> I don't know what you're up to these days, but I'm going to be around if, if you want to meet up at all. And like, even just meeting up to, to get a coffee or something would have been really nice. So we just have to put it off again, but that's sort of the way it goes. If you're a person who wants this kind of travel seasonal lifestyle, you kind of have to choose your freedom over relationships. Not always. Some people make it work and it's totally awesome, but it's, it's like a kind of a shift in priorities. Like I know that if I fall for some, someone, I, I might not see them again, you know? So we'll see. Yeah. 
I mean, that was a, that was a great story for the, the first time I asked it. And it ended up with something sweet. It Thanks. could have been tea instead of coffee. Yeah. You're meeting up with. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> could have been that nasty tea, but we kept it, we kept it clean. <laughs> for all the, um, for the single, for your music, for the books, all that, give me, give me and everyone listening all the information they need to find all the things that you're doing. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, my music for, well, actually, yeah. Okay. My music is shellypagemusic.com. Shelly without an E, just S-H-E-L-L-Y, page like a book or music.com that's like mainly for the like more commercial music that's going to be coming out in the single that I just did there is a page there that says like side projects and that links to the kids the kids website for the kids music and books and whatnot I'm trying to keep side note on that one I'm I'm trying to make sure that I have material for that one that shows like more diverse characters because that's something that was really brought to my attention in 2020 was a lot of my friends were saying there wasn't enough representation for a lot of different cultures yeah so I've tried to make like little princess mermaids and stuff that aren't just the stereotypical like white Ariel you know (laughs) because they're right you know absolutely there needs to be more representation so that's another that's another thing i'm trying to make sure that i weave into some of these things to help kids feel happy um so that's linked on that website and then so is revivify so actually sorry the kids one is called happy mermaid learning and you can also find that happymermaidlearning.com if you didn't want to go through my music site and then the revivify yeah so revivify and you can find that since it's a made-up word if you spell it correctly it's it'll come up all over but that's also like my instagram is revivify and it's also facebook and spotify and all that so the best way for that project is to go to my Instagram and then there's a link in the bio there that has everything connected to it. So it's kind of, it's not really all over the place, but it sounds like it. You can just get to it from shellypagemusic.com. Just have to search around. Yeah. The, the website or the Instagram, is that right? The website will link you to all of my projects, but yeah, the Instagram, Instagram I have at shellypagemusic or at Happy Mermaid Learning, or at Revivify. (laughs) There's also an album uh, that I made (laughs) that's called A Woman's Presence. That's a Revivify album as well. And it's literally just... Is that a Christmas album? No, it's just sounds in the house. It's like, it's not even music. It's background sounds like me doing laundry or me making coffee and then like humming sometimes. It's like, that project is kind of weird, but why I made it was because there's so many lonely people. This is what's weird is I made this before, before COVID, like just before COVID, I wasn't even thinking that people would actually be isolated, 
but I had just been around my grandma a lot who was alone all day, you know, and like I was in Italy with that producer who also was like talking about how sad he was when his wife divorced him and he was just in the house all winter by himself. And I was like, I know people turn on the TV for background sounds, but like maybe it's okay to just have like trick themselves and put this like low in the background and then have it sound like someone's like walking around the house, like doing laundry or whatever. And just like, I like hum once in a while. It's weird stuff, but I want to make people feel happy. So that's kind of what Revivify is. It's like that. And then I have the actual real music, which is the Revivify yoga album. And then there's going to be more albums along those lines that come out. But yeah, so it's, it's worth checking out if you're into kind of weird stuff like that. <laughs> I listen to a lot of lo-fi hip hop, so I'm probably going to check it out. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, Shelly, it's been great talking to you and hearing your story and, you know, getting sort of a little perspective on your world. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for inviting me. I hope that, um, I hope that I did it good enough for you and that people are entertained. <laughs> Yeah. That's it. That's the episode. The seasonals are Kelly Mogg, Ryan Deininger, me, Joey Ravinsky. The theme song by Ryan Deininger, Joe Williams, Louis Leva, Chappie, Thomas Hamilton. Follow us on Instagram at the seasonals underscore. Like us on Facebook. Listen to our next episode. That's it. We're out. Yeah.